time. What's up? Not much. The children are asleep, I think. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have Colton soon. Uh, I'm actually, like, really looking forward to squeezing his little cheeks and loving up on him so much. Yeah, it's exciting. I feel, like, a little guilty, to be honest. Why? Because, okay, we were at our group a couple weeks ago, and, I mean, I'm sure, like, a shitload of people in the world did this, but, like, we were at our group a couple weeks ago, and I was, like, clearly mocking the coronavirus. I was, like... Give me the corona. I'm going to show the world that you can Wim Hof breathe this away. Yeah, I was. You were there. I did that. I know, I know. And then now, it's like a really serious thing. Yeah, but you didn't know. You didn't know that would happen. Like, came out of nowhere. <laughs> really did come out of nowhere. Have you, like, have you experienced any, because, like, you're, you're someone that I consider, like, connected to something bigger, you know, like, you have a cosmic perspective, like, have you experienced any kind of, like, fear or anxiety or worry? Because of everything that's happening? Yeah. No. And I feel weird about it. I talk to, like, I talk with my friends and everything about, you know, what's going on. And one of my friends works at a hospital, so he has, like, first-hand knowledge about stuff. And, like, it's seeing people come in. And I just am really not concerned for my own self or for my children. And so I feel like I'm trying to force myself to take it as seriously as I should. Right. Is that the Hmm. I just, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I just have, like, a weird peace about everything. And, like, it'll be fine. And it'll subside. And yeah. It'll and yeah. people are just being so selfish and ridiculous, that's more what I'm worked up about than the actual sickness. Yeah, the people's reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, like, so my... This is going to sound, like... This is going to sound bad, but I really do mean it in the most compassionate way possible. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been... Since this started to, like, escalate and ramp up, I've been feeling this, like, almost like a sense of excitement. Like, mm-hmm. like, a, like a true, it's not even, I'm always at peace. Like, I've developed this ability to surrender regardless of the circumstances and, like, be meditating and connecting with God for so long. Like, I'm in full surrender mode no matter what, you know, because I know that I'm going to die whenever I die. Yeah. And so... It doesn't matter if it's tomorrow, the next day, how. It doesn't matter if the world comes crumbling down. It doesn't matter when I die. Being here on this earth for even 100 years is, like, not a big deal. So, like, I'm in, I'm in surrender mode, but, like, I've found, I've found myself so excited because I truly see this as, like, a, a very important opportunity for regular people on, like, a personal level, but, like, humanity on a global level to up level like I really do because I think it's like a really it's going to be like this is going to continue for a while and so I'm hoping that it wakes people up yeah that's what I'm hoping too because it's completely insane the fact that you know there's no toilet paper on the shelves. That's ridiculous. People are so scared and only thinking of themselves and not at all worried about what their actions mean for other people. And that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's like, 
that that kind of thing happens because of fear. And when people are faced with uncertainty, the fear mechanism and like especially the the survival of the fittest, like whatever program that like very animalistic program in the human mm-hmm. mind, it like gets triggered, and so that's like the program that initially gets triggered because most like a a large percentage of people that are just like completely asleep at the wheel um, haven't learned to transcend that yet. No. Right. Yeah. Their fight or flight mechanism kicks in and it's self-preservation. That's all they can think about. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like it goes, you know, nothing is set in stone. Obviously this is like so, uncertain what will happen it's like every day it changes to something different there's more information like but mm-hmm. you know it will either it will go one of a few different ways you know and i'm hoping that one of the ways it goes is this in some weird way we're able to use technology come together we're able to get old we're able to like really surrender to what is and transcend, at least have enough people transcend that fight or flight mechanism. Um, you know, I'm like my greatest hope in which I really truly believe that this is going to happen. I think that this is kind of written in the stars almost, but like, I think that this is going to force a shitload of people to slow down and be mm-hmm. like people that were stuck in their busy the business of life who like maybe have been, curious about uh, whether it's philosophical topics or religious topics or curious about meditation or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. they're actually going to sit down and do it. Right. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Everybody you know? being home and quarantined and the social distancing. Yeah, for sure. People are going to to maybe okay. stop and suck for a minute and... Can we call it physical distancing? (laughs) Physical distancing? Yeah, Yeah. I don't like the social because we're social beings. We need each other. We can't social. We have to physically. We're still being social. I'm still being social with you. I'm just over. I'm just physically over here. I think that, yeah, that term itself is so detrimental because it immediately drives a wedge between the humanity of people. I think it just encourages the issue that has already been happening with only thinking of yourself. Yeah, yeah. But this, like, this, this, this is like, with as far as history concerned, like, I keep seeing people say that this is unprecedented, and it's not. It's unprecedented for us, like us, for sure, and like, even the baby boomers, like my mom was saying, you know, her generation went through Vietnam, but and that was crazy in its own way, but it didn't upend every single person in the world's like life. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's unprecedented for the current people on the planet, but it's really not unprecedented at all. Like, it's happened a lot throughout the course of history. This is kind of just what nature does. Right. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's a particular event of nature. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I have been thinking about that a lot, and I don't have a firm stance or opinion on it yet. But it definitely seems like it's a trend, and... You know, it's happened since the beginning of time, from what we can tell. So I feel like it has to be in place for a reason. Have you tried to, like, because you, like, grew up Christian, have you tried to, like, pray on it at all? Like, try try to tune in to it at all or no? I have a little bit. Um... But I don't think I trust where I'm at with it yet. Mm. <laughs> I feel like it's just, I mean, all I keep coming back to, and it sounds horrible, is population control. It's like, 
the earth is getting taken over and it's going to die if we keep like attacking it like we do and overpowering it and all of a sudden wham you know plagues or sickness or war or famine strikes knocks out a huge ship into the population and the world kind of respects lightly in a minute enough way that it can maybe evolve and continue to thrive. Wow. So that's that's your that's your hot take. That's like a beautiful hot. I think that's like a very. I have, I asked you because I personally haven't like really tried to tune into it too much. I'm kind of you know just tuning into it in a different, not like a sitting still tuning into it way. I haven't tried that yet because I think my humanness would just get in the way. But um, it's interesting that that's what you come up with because I mean it seems like the earth wants to be in balance and the earth when it's way, when it's way out of whack, it's going to, it's going to do what it has to do. Like nature, it's going to do what nature has to do. And we kind of, we kind of as people have this like sense of entitlement and like self importance, like somehow And this, again, it sounds not compassionate, but I'm very compassionate with the fact that, like people are dying, like that sucks. But at at the most highest spiritual level, like that's a very ordinary thing. People dying is very ordinary and common. This is not so, so like, but like a shitload more people would die if we just rape and pillage the earth for 30 more years. And I think that's what you're uh, speaking to, huh? Right. Yeah. And I think as humans, we kind of, I think a lot of us, for some reason, view ourselves as removed from, like, the natural harmony of the world and the natural order of things. We see ourselves as going to be above that or outside of it or in control of it. And I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I think that humans are in a very similar place as, like, the animal kingdom is, as nature is. And we see weird things like this in the animal kingdom and in nature where, you know, things get all wonky and out of whack and all of a sudden, bam, some crazy event that's unexplained and unexpected happens and there's, like, a resetting of everything. I mean, you can spend the Bible with the flood. Even God had to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, personally, me, so, like, I read the Bible from a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of Christians, and so I have always read, I've always, like, had the view that, like, everything is from God, and it's all kind of, like, God's not picking and choosing God God set the laws of nature up a certain way. God itself is a law of nature and right. and so it just is. It is what it is. And so that's how I see it. Like the flood happened because it is what it is. It was part of nature. That's how nature has just is. Like you don't need to I think lots of times, like, spiritual people, and especially the whole thought of God throughout the centuries, like, doing these things because, like, almost like as a punishment. Um, I think that's a really easy, like, a very convenient and easy way to just try to explain the mystery that we're living in. And so, Mm -hmm. if a plague happens, like, in the 1600s, where... 50% 50% of the world's population dies. Like, it's it's much easier to be like, oh, yeah, God just wanted to kill everyone than it is to be like, no, this is just kind of nature, and, you know, humans were disgusting and not sanitary, <laughs> you know? Right, and God just set it up to have the natural order, so he kind of can just not sit back and let it happen, but I feel like... I don't know, it's just a circle in my head. Like, it just, it 
going to keep going around and around and around and we kind of do it to ourselves and it's just the natural order of things and that's just how it was programmed to work, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I personally... No, go ahead. No, just, like, that's the code. That's how... That's just how it was written. (laughs) You just said it was programmed and it was the code. So, so Aaron, you believe in the simulation then, huh? Right, we've talked about the simulation before, and I think it's such... I don't think it's necessarily the case, but I think it's an amazing analogy, the worst yeah. case, to explain a lot of things. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I think that the truth, like, the truth, like, the ultimate truth is way beyond words, and it's almost like words really will never be able to explain the mystery, and almost words trap you into a little box that is, you know, not not accurate but i think that the simulation theory is like a great symbol like it's a it's a good symbol for what it is but i mean you said like i personally think god is you said like like just stepping back and witnessing i mean i think that personally my own belief is that is kind of God is the spirit indwelling in all things witnessing it all is and is like part of it and experiencing the creation that it created of, like, for whatever reason, I think that this part of nature, we'll call it nature, is an aspect of God that is still connected to God, but is appears separate. And so the same concept of like Satan tried to be above God, so it got separated. And this is the realm in which there's like separation. And it appears that you're separate. And through that, from the separation, actually causes the polarization and like what appears to be the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could track with that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely different than what a Christian would tell you, but I mean, something about that has always felt pretty like a good like for me. It's a good, this is a good little symbolism that works for me. And yeah, so, I definitely see that. So then I go to like, okay, well, if you're not separate and you just appear separate, how can you make your inner world connected? with God, like truly connected to the point where, you know, you're bringing that out into the world and it's doing what it's going to do. Right. Uh, Yeah. And then you can even go deeper and think about, well, I wonder how much control we really even have over (laughs) everything or if it was all going to be what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, that's a beautiful thought. And I think that it's, I think it's, it's so much, it's so much, at least more peaceful and a joyous experience of life to actually not try to control it <laughs> and yeah. just al- allow it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see this craziness is because everyone thought they were, like the vast, the average person thought they were in control of shit. It was like realizing now, like in a split second, oh, wow, I'm actually not even in control of anything. Yeah, and then they spiral because they have that realization and they lose their mind and go bonkers for a little while. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, like, coronavirus babies, coronavirus divorces. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just talking with my girlfriend about this. We, we're laughing hysterically that nine months from now there's going to be so many babies because everybody's cooped up and they're just going to be yeah. making babies for the next month. How long is that? There's going to be a lot of babies. There's going to be a lot of babies and a lot of divorces. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. Humans are so predictable. Well, you hope that in nine months, like, it's cleared up so that all the babies aren't coming into some weird disease world where there's no hospitals to have them. Or maybe that'll be good because then people will, like, do it the right way. Like, you had babies the hippie way, didn't you? I sure did. Oh, so. <laughs> That's wild. You didn't go. Yeah. Did wait. You didn't go to the hospital at all. No. So I went to the hospital. Um, I just didn't do medicine or any intervention from doctors or anything. Like I just. Um, but we did go to the hospital because we lived like an hour away from the closest hospital. So just in case anything went wrong, kind of felt like it was smart to be there and not. So if you if you ever had another baby, would you go like full hundred instead of like seventy five? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I would totally birth at home if I had another kid. Definitely. Like that? Why at home? Like why not just go in the woods? Well, I mean, if I had one, you know, it was like the middle of summer and full nature. <laughs> Heck yeah! That's funny. Where would be? <laughs> Did you like let gravity do it, or were you in a tub, or like how does it work? Yeah, I, I was just in the bed, like, moved around a bunch, and then, yeah, mostly just let my body take care of it. My body told me what position it needed, and I did that, and everything worked out perfectly, so. That is really savage. Cool. That is savage. It's like, that's how shit's been for the vast majority of human history until recently, but, yeah. like, for a dumbass American like me who, when Ellie had Copeland, like, the second she started having contractions, like freaked out, like got the epidural. Like that mm-hmm. seems savage the way you did it. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It at the end of it I was like it felt so almost animalistic mm-hmm. what the connection between my body, my mind and my soul and like it just everything was so in sync. Mm. I was so in sync with myself and so disconnected from everything else that was happening around me and just in a moment of, like, just, I don't know how to describe it, like, completely out of my head. I wasn't thinking about anything. It just Mm. was, like, doing what I needed to do. It was really cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think, yeah. like, do you think, like, like if you do, like, medicine and an epidural, that 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 natural instinct is, like, diminished a little? I think it definitely is. I've had girlfriends that have done, you know, have multiple children and have done some medicated and some unmedicated births, and they told me, that it's definitely different and that they don't have as much control over their body. They don't have, um, their instincts are definitely more diminished, that they don't have that connection to, like, hear what their body is telling them to do and do it. They kind of just are forced to listen to what the doctor is advising them to do. Damn. I think the energy that the mom has, because, like, you're obviously, the baby's connected to you through a cord. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an actual connection, and so there's energy in there, like, from your physical body. I feel like the energy of the mom and the baby being born is has a true effect on the, con- like, the human consciousness of the kid and sets it off into a trajectory. Yes, I totally agree with that. Like, I'm just making shit up, but I've always thought that. And and so, like, for me, I was born, uh, I guess, like, an extremely fast, sad, like, chaotic fashion. Like, my mom didn't even realize she was giving birth, and then all of a sudden, like, my head's popping out in the car. And so, mm-hmm. this wild and crazy experience where, like, I'm coming out, it's chaotic. And then... Uh, I think it was the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And so like I was purple and not breathing for like a good minute when I came out. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> so I've always been like, well, that's why I'm, that's that's where all my issues were all this time. That's where my ADHD comes from. The chaos is like, ah, ah, you know. Yeah, it was already destined to be. Yeah, yeah. You know what's so weird that's happened with this coronavirus? Talk about ADHD. So I've been on ADHD medicine since the beginning of January, and I have, you know, I've told you, like, it's a wonder drug. Like, I've been like, holy shit, I've been doing so much work. Like, it's been so beneficial for me. The second the coronavirus shit started to get, like, really ramp up, I swear the exact opposite thing now is happening to me. I I take a a... ADHD pill and like I get this weird like headache I feel like kind of spacey and distracted like I can't do anything and it was yes with it yesterday I didn't take one for like the whole day or most of the day and that wasn't there and I was like focused and I was getting stuff done and like felt good that's so odd I wonder if there's any correlation between the timing of it all a correlation between what? The timing of everything. The timing of what's happening in the world and you feeling that way when you take them now. Well, I think so. Like, I feel like this is, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a, I'm just a spiritual hippie. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? You know, what do I know? But I feel like this is clearly creating some sort of energetic shift. I mean, everywhere you go, you can feel it. Like you can, there's a, there's a feeling in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like someone who's very in tune with that feeling and like the, like someone who's in tune with nature is feeling that. And I think that's what's going on. Like, I think, I think honestly, so like, you know, the Christians call it the Holy Spirit, the, you know, the yogis call it prana, Japanese call it ki, the Chinese call it chi. I think Mm -hmm. in times like this, as, you know, individuals have the ability to up-level and humanity has the ability to up-level, you have more access to that, if that makes sense. Because like everyone's, senses are heightened like there's an opening in everyone's hearts like there's this opening and I feel like people that are already dialed into that a little are going to naturally have more of that and I think that is at odds with things like ADHD medicine and so I think that's what I'm feeling to be honest yeah I I take track with that I think that you're definitely right or I at least fully agree with the statement that the, you know, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, she, whatever you call it, is more heightened during mm. times of peace, during times of crisis, we're either more open to it, like you said, or it's actually just more readily available. And, yeah, I, I feel that for sure. And I think that really lines up with the Bible and how it talks about things as well. And I know other spiritual books, it lines up with as well. Mm. Yeah. I go with that. You definitely seem very, um, you definitely seem like you got your shit together over there with this whole thing. You really are just like grounded and balanced and not worried, huh? I got it grounded in balance, is that what you said? Yeah, and just like not worried about this either. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not naturally a stressed person. Like, I don't usually struggle with anxiety or stress or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think I am more at peace for some reason now than I naturally would have been if it was all on my own. Especially yeah. with children during everything. If that normally ramps up and is the only cause for me to be concerned or worried is when it regards the kids. But 
Mm. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not concerned. But I'm That's also, awesome. yeah, it is, it's amazing. I feel like I'm pretty well removed from it right now, though, so that could be a part of it as well. Like, I don't know anybody personally affected. Well, I mean, I guess Joe and having to leave work and that being the case, that's like the closest connection that I've got to it. Yeah, you haven't, like most people still, the vast majority of people still don't know someone that A, has it, or, or at least that they know that has it, or that B, has had like a severe version of it, or C, that knows someone that died because of it. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately, those things are going to happen for a lot of people, I think, you know. Yeah, it's definitely going to get worse, I'm sure. But I'm sure being so far removed from it is helpful in having peace about the situation. Can you promise me that if those things happen, we just keep our shit together? I feel like that's what I was just going to say. I feel like even if it were, like, obviously there would be other emotions that would arise, but I think, yeah, I think we'd still have our shit about us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't. I feel like we would handle it in a healthy manner still. Hmm. Yeah, so I was talking to another one of my friends today, um, who I'm working on a project for. She's actually um, launching like an online almost community for people to like come and hang out together. Um, oh, cool. We're trying to like rapidly get it out. But uh, I was talking to her today that like, and she felt the same way, but I feel like my entire, my entire life and all of the weird shit that's happened to me, all of the self-induced struggle that I put myself with like being an entrepreneur and literally being down to zero dollars many fucking times, like having no money, having no food in the cabinets, having no gas, wondering how it was going to work, all of that stuff that I, I admittedly did it to myself, but you taught me like how to be really good at this. Number one, but number two, my dad dying, like right now is seeming like, I mean, I've been saying for a while that it was the greatest blessing, but Mm -hmm. that happening and me understanding the benefits that came from it. And then also the perspective that I gained from it. I don't think there's any person in this whole world that could die and it like actually affect me in a negative way. Unless like Copeland's the only one like that would, if Copeland died, like that would really mess me up uh, for a period of time. But even him, like, I think I could, I could find the flower. Like I could find the silver lining. I could find, I could use it as shitty as it would be. I could use it to my, uh, for my the mission, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would definitely be the hardest one. But eventually, over time, they would, yeah, you could cope with it and accept it and still live the life that you're trying to live. I think you could get back to where you're trying to be or an evolved state of that. Mm. Yeah, uh, completely unrelated. Now, there's going to be a lot of people on the internet looking for new music, Aaron. So I'm just saying, like, how do we turn those songs out fast? Let's go. Well, we're quarantined. We're not allowed to jam. Wait, yes, we are. There's only two of us. Yeah, there's only two of us. We're totally allowed. Cool, you were allowed. I have Wim Hof breathing, so I'm not going to be infected. Well, I mean, my immune system will take care of it and crush it. Destroy it. And then you'll create the vaccine. I'm pretty sure they just started testing the vaccine, actually, a couple of days ago, I think I read. Yeah, I've been seeing, like, tons of shit. Like, all over the world, they're making all sorts of different ones. But uh, but the problem is with, with, like, the vaccines and stuff, 
they have to undergo a period of testing where they wait to see if it has negative effects over a period of time on someone. So they can't just like, even if it immediately works, they can't just start mass producing it and giving it to people. Cause it's like, what if it's one of those things where, Oh, nine months later, all of a sudden everyone that had that starts getting colon cancer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's like a month long trial right now is what I got to do yeah, I think everything that I've read is the earliest that they could po- like the earliest that they could possibly have a vaccine that like would be available to give people would be like something like 14 14 15 16 18 months away from now. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, like they're just yeah. hoping to stop it from happening again next year. Right. And so cuz these like if you look at the Spanish flu 1918, lots of times pandemics go in waves too because people do the social distancing and then it works and then the numbers start to go down and everyone gets stoked and then they start hanging again and then it just there's another way <laughs> yep you know because yep. we can't just we can't just stay still we can't just just accept this that this is the life we're living for the next year no no why it's not. fun it's exciting why can't this, we just do this for a year it's fun no well, not the social distancing for a year. So I think the isolation is very detrimental. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It sucks. It sucks. But even that, like, I've... Dude, for... Like, after Ellie and I broke up, and after Ellie and I broke up, it was about a year after that, you know, I went through a little bit of a promiscuous phase but after that, I was like, this is it. I'm done with this. I'm cutting off all communication and, like, desire to be with women. Like, I'm literally 100% just going to go within. I'm going to cut off all my shitty friends that suck. Like, I'm going to just be by myself. I'm going to be with God. And I'm going to learn about the higher order of things by meditating and praying and doing shit. And I did that for, like, years, like three years, four years and so I also see the benefit of that, and so the isolation doesn't scare me. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice spin on it for sure. I think that that's a very positive possibility that could arise from the isolation. Yeah. yeah. But you also, at least, like, you live with your sister, you got a couple kids. You know, I'm sure you'll see some friends here and there. Right. Right. And so, right. So even my regular daily life, like I'm not by myself. And it didn't even occur to me that it would be hard on people until actually talking with a friend last night. And he was alone. And um, his sister has young children. But he um, he's the one that works at the hospital, so he doesn't want to be around them because he's been exposed. So like he could actually be a carrier at this point. Yeah. And so he's purposely being very, very cognizant of isolating himself like from everybody. Like literally, he goes to work, comes home to you know his apartment when nobody else is there. And, like, doesn't go to the store, doesn't, like, he doesn't go out, anything for the past two solid weeks since all of this has started. And it's really starting to affect him already. And, you know, it's been two weeks. That's nothing. Like, that's such a short period of time. And already he's feeling it and, like, missing his family and missing his friends. And, you know, just wants, like, a physical person there that he loves to hang out with. So, yeah. yeah. You know what, like, a, a a guru, like, who's really in tune yogi would tell them, would tell <laughs> tell someone if that someone was on the level of willing to accept it and understand it? Because they will only tell you if you're on the level of willing to accept it and understand right. it. Otherwise, they just won't give you the true thing. But, like, if you're on the level 
that they were perceiving, willing to accept it, understand it, they would say that the external world, all of its contents, all of its people, all of its sense pleasures that you get from it through interacting with people, through, you know, like all, any, any of it, any of the external world, absolutely none of it will give you true fulfillment. The true fulfillment that you are seeking is a, is the connection inside with, uh, you know, what they, what a yogi would call Brahman or what you and I would call God. The connection with that and the realization of that in your inner world is the thing that everyone is really seeking and mistaking it for being out in the world when it's really inside of you. And until you find that out and you seek that and you do that and you have that connection, nothing in the external world is really going to actually fulfill you and is in some ways a distraction. And so... With a yogi like that who's really in tune would tell you the greatest evil in the world is actually ignorance to to that fact. The fact that and and, and it's that ignorance that creates all of the uh, you know struggles because you have people going around the world like subconsciously seeking external pleasure, whether it's through money, whether it's through sex, whether it's just through companionship, whether it's through whatever it is, because they haven't found the truth that God is what they're really after. But then it's like, then once you discover, then they would say like, once you discover that God is what you're really after and you make that your, like your purpose and your mission and you do that, you still then have a duty, like you're still a human in the world. And so you still have a duty to do. And so you still have to raise your kids and you have to do a really good job at it because they're humans too. And you have to do the best you can to help others get to the path and do the best you can to spread love. And if you love music and you can spread love that way, do it that way. If you take care of kids and you can spread love that way, do it that way. And so... Mm-hmm but the fulfillment actually comes from the connection that you have with God. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think it's a hard truth, but I think it is a a truth. Why is that hard, though? It seems so simple. I think it's, well, like you said, if you're not in a place to hear it, I think it would be hard. I think for us, we understand it, and it just makes sense. But I don't think that's the common philosophy of most people. That you know, life isn't the most important thing. That none of this really matters. I don't think that's the common thought to most people. I think, especially Americans, this is what matters. You know, (laughs) all the things. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why even, like, Jesus said, like, I speak in parables for the people that can hear it and see it. Yeah. And even the prophets, Jesus said that even the prophets themselves didn't fully get it. Sure, they Mm -hmm. were prophetic, and, and they got it to a certain degree, but even the prophets didn't get to the to the grand goal of the thing that, thereafter because they even were obsessed with the world like obsessed with their ability to prophesize and this stuff yeah that's a really good point i forget where that is but jesus definitely said that though yeah absolutely yeah that's such a good point though let me ask you this see i feel like i i personally but then again the bible even freaking talks about this I, and not only does the Bible, but the Upanishads talk about this too, and the Bhagavad Gita, I believe. But I feel like I, sure, I had the mental cognition that I believed this my whole entire life, but yet as a human being, when you can't see something, just like you can't see a virus, and so therefore, until people are sick and dying and schools are closed, and you don't believe it, so you're just in denial and you're just like, whatever. Humans, like, need that, like, hard proof and evidence for whatever reason. So for me, 
although I had the, the belief, it wasn't until 2012 when I started meditating, fall October of 2012, and I had those like mind-blowing, like very profound meditations where it all then was like revealed to me and became the truth. Like I genuinely at that point had full 100% belief and faith because I had access to like, to God, like true access. And so, but that, it wasn't something that I tried to do. It wasn't something that I could have planned. It literally just felt like it was just spontaneous. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've been like, well, lots of people who meditate, they don't, they didn't, don't have that same experience. Why me? Like, why did I spontaneously have that experience? Right. So I started thinking like, the Bible talks about like the predestination and the people, I forget it's in like Romans maybe. I think it's in Romans. The Bible's talking about like predestination and that like the people that are going to make it are already quote unquote chosen. They're going to make it like it's already been written. Okay, and yeah. you know, I think that's in Romans. I, I could be wrong, but it talks yeah, about it. You know, it says like the people that are on the that are, are going to make it, they're like they're already. And so the Upanishad says something very similar too that only those that truly, truly, truly want to make it, um, it's written in the stars like they're going to make it. But it's a very mm-hmm. small percentage of humans have the willpower. Mhm. Okay, it takes a lot of work to that place. Have you ever had, because you have a belief, but have you ever had like a, an experience? So, kind of. Um, I feel like you have, because you get it more than most people, like, at least that I know. Like, we've had some pretty deep talks and it, and it feels different when I talk to you about it as far as the level of, you're not just saying it because you believe it. And that's why I feel like you must have had something that you don't either talk about or that you, I don't know. Yeah. So I, obviously I grew up in the church and everything. Um, and so we would have these camps that we would go to during the summer teen camp where we'd like, you know, just hang out and like, have teachings and they're awesome. And so one year, I remember, like actually, I was maybe like 14, 15, I don't know, around that age. And I remember we had a praise night. And afterwards, I went for a walk like, on this mountain. Um, I really say, and all of a sudden, I just like sat down and started laughing, and had this crazy feeling, and I can't even describe it. It was just like this pure, uninhibited joy, and like everything felt warm and bright, and like I was just laughing and singing, like all by myself. It's so weird, and. Um, I think that was maybe the moment that thing clicked for me. Where mm. I just, where I, I think I started to see things differently ever since then. And I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was, like, the Holy Spirit. Or, and I got saved in me. I don't know that I really believe there's, like, a moment when you're, or anything like that. I think it was more so just my best sense of like letting go and surrendering and just opening myself up to how my the world and like other possibilities. Just like being open, I think, and like aware and listening and trying to be in tune with something other than myself. 
you did. You had you had something, but wait a second. Were you on mushrooms? <laughs> right? Doesn't it sound crazy? No, I wasn't. That was the weirdest thing. I was not any. <laughs> oh yeah, because if you're on mushrooms, then someone says, "No, you're just tripping balls." Right. Well, and like I would smoke a lot, and for some reason, like that night, I couldn't. And I'm really thankful about that because otherwise, I wouldn't have really put any stock into like the experience. Well, yeah, because at that point, you're, I mean, like. Anything that, I mean, I've had crazy meditations when I've been high on pop, but I don't, like, really crazy ones, but I don't count, like, it doesn't, I don't count them. Maybe I don't. Right, right. Because I'm always, you know, there's always that, even if the compound, like, whatever it is, whether it's mushrooms or DMT or pot, there's always that, like, even if they really were a piece of nature that could connect you to something bigger, there's always going to be that piece of your brain that's like, oh, well, I was just fucked up. Right. So yeah, it's not trusted as much. No. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't count, if, um, like, unless you're really... Also, too, like, you know, the, lots of gurus have said the same thing, like, sure, it's a one, like, it's a fast path to experience that higher thing, but it's not it's not sustainable and it's not ultimately like fulfilling. Like you don't need it. I think who is it? The spiritual teacher Ram Dass said, you don't need to take a, you don't need to take a bus to Detroit when you're already in Detroit. That's what he used to say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I love that. I'm going to start saying that more to people. You don't need to take a bus to Detroit. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, you don't need to take a bus to Detroit when you're already in Detroit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's so simple. Yeah, you're already there right now. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. You already got it. You don't need it. So why aren't you in your laughing state of joy right now, Aaron? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, I have not been going to that place again, and... You know, I feel like I just haven't tried. I haven't surrendered enough to be to that place. There's there's absolutely an effort. Like, I don't think anyone should beat themselves up for not making the effort, and I think it's probably going to be more sustainable over the long run for anyone to just let it unfold naturally. But I think you, like, you're on to something. I think you have to make an effort. Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely you have to be aware of it. Make the effort to not do anything. You know what I mean? Make an effort to just exist for a minute. To be calm and still. Mm. And feel God on your inside. Feel your inside. Exactly. That's the only way that you can get it. I wish you could feel my insides right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy in there lately. It's awesome. It's so exciting. I want everyone to feel it, though. I know. That's the mission. That's what we need to do. I think you have... I think the best thing anyone that understands some of this stuff can do is do it themselves, and it will naturally, without, I'm trying, we've talked about this too, I think, how long we talked about, I don't know if it was in group or at some point, I think, you know, lots of people who have the wisdom, especially when they first have access to it, I know I did this, like, it's going everywhere, like, trying to preach it, like, trying to tell everyone, I think that's, like, not the way, like, I think you have to be you have to become it and be it as much as possible. And it then naturally is like a magnet or like a a river that flows out of you and to the world and whoever needs it is going to get it. And you don't need to say much. And I'm trying so fucking hard to like, how can I become it? And set and, and because like, I take the, like, I understand why the yogis don't, and even Jesus himself 
and yogis, they don't give the highest level to the vast majority of people because the vast majority of people aren't at that level. And so you have to give the level they're at. And so I'm, that's, I'm really trying to learn that, the discernment of like, okay, like what, what what's the level that this person, and it's a thing that you really have to just tune in and just let it flow through you and let it come out naturally. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that before, knowing how much to share so that they're open to it or how much of yourself to show so that they're open to it without them, like, writing you off or being offended or Mm. something. Yeah, but off by it. Mm. Uh, Knowing what they need in that moment. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like, that is something that I'm learning from you, to be honest. You're really good at that. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I don't know that. if you know that. You're really good at that. I don't. I think it's. I think that's awesome. I appreciate that. It's not really something that I've considered until we talked about it that one time. It's just always been something that I kind of just have felt and done. So. You have you noticed like. When I first met you, I was like trying to pry it out of you. I was like, what is this? What does she believe? Come on, tell me. Like, I tried to pry it out of you, and then just like I slowly but surely figured it out because I got there. You you mirrored it back to me when I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. You, you're really good at it. I gotta, I'm trying to learn from you. I got to learn that from you. Like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You can do it on a phone calls with friends because that's a very passive. Like, anyone can just come when they want. Like, the people that need it will be drawn to it. Like, who's really going to listen an hour in, you know? Right. So, like, the person that gets to there, like, they're at that level. But if you're just going out and being like, yo, everyone, God's inside of you. Go towards it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, bro, shut the fuck up. Right. I mean, you might get some people, but I don't think it has as big of an impact as, like, you know, tuning in and kind of trying to see what people need in that moment and hmm. actions instead of words, like you said. Well, yeah, and one of the things is I'm saying you're really great at it is because when you're in the presence with someone, like, I've noticed that you do this with me. I don't know if you do it on purpose. It's just, it's just the state you're in. Like, you're paying attention and listening. It never seems like you're have a response. Like you're just, you're just right there, just listening, just paying attention. Like, and that, like if you're in this place of connection and you're really giving someone that presence and just listening without the response, like that's what people want to people don't, that's what they need. Like people aren't listened to, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you can just Absolutely. like, be a force of love and just pay attention to someone like that's powerful. And that's what you're really good at. Well, thank you. Can I you love listening to people. People are fascinating. And <laughs> uh, it's amazing to me, the things that people will share and open up about and what you learn about them. But you are willing to just sit and let them talk without, trying to put yourself into the conversation right away. I think it's cool to see where they get to themselves. Hmm. Can you teach me to be better at showing the fuck up? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I think you are better at it than you realize. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you are more in tune with people than you give yourself credit for. Oh. Well, sure. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. We're at an hour. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna let you go do numbers. I gotta go do some work myself. <sighs> okay. You, it sounds good. Are you gonna do numbers or? Yeah, unfortunately so. Well, or fortunately, I mean, I think there's a lot of people in the world that would want to do numbers right now. I mean, honestly, I have thought about that every single day and how thankful I am, especially with having just moved and, like, pretty much doubling what my rent was for the new place. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm so, so, so thankful that I, one less thing for me to have to think about, that I can still just do that and make it happen. Yeah, and like, you work for a lawyer, they're not going out of business. Right. Well, and I'm so thankful that because of that, like, my lifestyle hasn't really had to change, so I can go out and still, you know, give a little extra to the local businesses or, like, Venmo for artists and stuff that are completely out of work right now. Like, I have that cushion and availability, which is, I'm really thankful for that, to be able to do that. Yeah, and you know what's going to happen, Aaron, is we're going to make an album. We're going to make one. Yeah. It's we're fast. we got to get together. We fast in short order because I'm telling you, the music that's pouring out of me for that project feels different. Like it feels, it feels like it feels very connected. It feels like that's the most true music that I can make, uh, and I, I know that that has energy, and I know people need that energy right now. And so, I mean. I can't sit there and pretend that I know what would happen if we put out an album, but you know, I'm sure if yeah. the spirit was in there, it would do, it would uh, it would touch some people. Yeah, I'm super I'm super excited about it. We got it. <laughs> you know, you know, I've you been know, writing like wait, thoughts what? and stuff down all the time. Oh, dude, you're holding back. You got to send them to me. I well, they don't make sense. They're easier to like talk about in person than like. Okay, 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 okay. okay. No. That one, the the very last idea I sent you, you know, the one on the acoustic guitar? Mm-hmm. That one has been just, like, jammed in my brain. I cannot stop with that one. There's something really good in there. Something yes. really good. Yes, I love, love, love that one. You got to work Great. that one yeah. out. You need more lyrics to it, though. You got to feed me lyrics. For some reason, I don't have the next lyric. Okay. But we gotta sit down and like I need I need it in person. It's so hard for me to do. I know. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I it's know. much so easier to work it out. Phone. I know, I know. Yeah. That the, I think I'm stuck on the I can't I literally have like sat there and tried to get lyrics that and like lit I have zero idea for where that is gonna go. But I think it's because the lyrics, all of the lyrics, that first little bit of the verse came from just like us talking. Like it's just like, like from conversation. Yeah, it didn't happen. It right. It wasn't from like sitting there trying to write it. It was mm-hmm. we were just talking. Uh, so yeah, we'll do more of that. But I think you know, you know my motto: only takes one song, <laughs> change everything. <laughs> one song, like it's all it takes is one song. I think how many artists you could Venmo. Right. Let's do it. We're going to make one song. Well, we're going to make an album. I mean, you have to have multiple lottery tickets. You don't buy one lottery okay. ticket. That's true. <laughs> yeah, to the masses. Something yeah. for everybody. It still needs to be semi-top secret, though. They need to just, like, they need to drop a whole album out of nowhere. Like, no one can know the band name until it's just, we just drop an album. I oh, mean, absolutely. I totally, know? I love this. Yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> They'd be like, what? Where did that come from? You just like, right. you guys just did that? What? You whip that out of your asses. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, I'm biased, but I really think it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be very unique. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well. It'll be, I think it's going to be good. As long as you don't have the virus, I'll, we'll, we'll make music. Okay, perfect. <laughs> The virus is not going to stop me from making music. What? And if we, or if one of us gets the virus, then we both just have to get it so that we're still good. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not serious. <laughs> or we just get really good at the Wim Hof method. Yeah, just get rid of the virus. I shit you not. Okay, I swear. I swear I'll let you go into numbers, but I shit you not. Someone, someone that I'm friends with on Facebook, she, her and all of her kids are experiencing symptoms, got tested for everything that's not the virus and came back negative on everything. So like they probably have it. Um, yeah. I made this live video tonight. Like I'm trying to do more lives on Facebook, just like spreading love, like inputting, yeah. you know? And so she tuned into it, like messaged me. said like, thank you so much. Like, I really needed this. And I was like, 
I just felt compelled. It was one of those, like, very, felt very compelled to just be like, hey, like, I hope you feel better. I know you're sick. Like, um, check out this guy, Wim Hof. Maybe you just need a little bit more oxygen. She's like, she looked it up. She's like, this is so amazing. I'm going to start this immediately. I'll let you know if it works. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. She's going to start doing the breathing and she sounds like they, she definitely has it and is experiencing, you know, flu like symptoms, lots of coughing, lots of, so we'll, uh, fever. She's got a fever. We'll see if, uh, she sticks to it. Um, what happens? Yeah, that would be really cool to see if it, you know, what it will do. Obviously, it'll do something. It's going to help. Wim Hof. Okay, go Wim Hof and do your numbers. I'll talk to you soon. We'll make music. We'll make that album. you got to think of an album title. Oh, that's true. You Wait, we already right. have one. Didn't we already randomly have one? Did we? Yeah, I think it was like a joke, though, and it wasn't serious. It was like in just our banter. There was like a joke in there that was like, oh, that can be an album. But I remember thinking it wasn't that good. Yes, I do remember talking about that. I don't remember what we said, though. Huh. I don't remember. All right, we'll figure it out. It'll be good. It's going to be sick. All right, okay. Go number it up. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks for chatting. Hey, stay safe. Be good. Yes, I got you. If you need anything, let me know, okay? Absolutely. You as well. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. What's that? I said I'll talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Okay, love you too. Bye. All right, bye.